Life after Last Chance You. And I would like to welcome our next guest. She is widely known as the caring head athletic trainer from seasons three and four of Netflix Last Chance You. Please welcome Rachel Martin. Rachel, welcome to our show. Thanks for having me. It's a great opportunity for me to catch back up with you. Obviously, it's always kind of a sad moment when uh, folks leave Independence Community College, and but the good news is I know you're moving on to bigger and better things for you and your career, and of course, so many folks know you from seasons three and four at ICC with the Pirates, but you now have new jobs and new career path for you. Can you yeah. share some of that with our listeners? Yeah, so um, back in the spring, I had left and came down to Austin, Texas. I'm currently finishing up my massage therapy program that I had enrolled in and I'm working with Legends Football League as an athletic trainer. So I have been very busy since leaving ICC, traveling every weekend with uh, the Football League. And then um, my schoolwork, it kind of was interesting going from being the instructor to being the student. So um, lots of changes, but um, good things happening. So as we'll kind of get into a little later, uh, athletic training and um, junior college doesn't allow for a lot of personal development when it comes to adding skills just because of the time commitment. And I wanted to kind of add some more tools to my toolbox. So that's kind of where I'm at with things. That's fantastic. What a great opportunity for you moving forward. The Legends Football League. Now, for our listeners not totally sure exactly what that is, it's a women's tackle football league. I know that much, and if memory serves me correctly, it used to be referred to as the Lingerie Football League. Is that correct? That is correct. So, is this 11 on 11, or, or how is this set up? It is 7 on 7. Okay. So um, typically in indoor, it's all indoor uh, football. And typically in indoor football, which I worked previously, it's eight on eight. And with the women's league, it's um, seven on seven. But it's full out tackle football. It's rough and full tumble. Out. It's, it's yep. go after it. There's nothing yeah. held back in this. Not at all. So with that in mind, I, I have to presume that they're going to have equipment in this. Yeah, so they have, um, their helmets are similar to like a hockey helmet. And then, uh, they have shoulder pads in being that it was previously called the lingerie football. The sexiness, I guess, to it as well. So they're in shorts and kind of like sports bra underneath their uh, shoulder pads. So lots of turf burns. Oh, I'm sure there is. Yeah, rug burns would be a bad thing for sure. These ladies that are participating in the Legends Football League, these are former athletes from, what, different walks of life all over the United States, or how do they end up being involved in the LFL? So they're athletes that have previously um, been basketball players, been soccer players, all kinds of different athletes, 
and they are also um, in all sorts of different professions. Um, there's police officers, there's teachers, fitness instructors, all kinds of different um, walks of life that are women that are in the military that are part of the league. So all different types of women and they get involved. There's tryouts every year and each team has tryouts and then they kind of go from there. So, and, you know, this being my first year with the league, I don't know all the ins and outs of everything, um, but they're from all over the country. Well, and then as far as the coaching aspect of it, where, where do they get their coaches? Do you know much about how that's even designed on how they hire them or who these people are? Are they former athletes themselves? or? I don't know how they've um, been hired, but I do know that one of my former athletes is one of the head coaches, so it's kind of a full circle, small world moment in that regard. Um, but most of them have been in the league and established for a little while, so I'm not quite sure on that. And then number of teams? There's eight. Yep, we have eight markets currently. So we're in Seattle, Los Angeles, Denver, Chicago, Omaha, Austin, Nashville, and Atlanta. So do they have like a Super Bowl or a championship game? I, I presume they have to to, to decide yeah, who's so the best team. A, yeah, we have the Legends Cup, and it's actually, I'm not sure when this is going to air, but September 7th I'll be um, – in Seattle, the night before, we have a banquet and awards for all of our athletes. And then the next night will be the Legends Cup, and it's hosted in Seattle this year. Now, are you involved with all of the teams involved in the LFL, or is there one specific team that you're really designed to be with and, and work on the athletes themselves? Since I'm in Austin and there's a team in this market, a lot of people have the perception that I'm only with one team. But I was actually hired by the league, and I work with another athletic trainer, and him and I help provide um, sports medicine coverage for all of the athletes. So on game day, we are there to provide that care for both teams that are playing. So we have what's called a game of the week, and we travel to each of those cities I mentioned each week. So I've been on the road a lot from April till now. Frequent flyer miles, no doubt about it, right? Heck yeah. <laughs> it sounds like you've been busy jet-setting, no doubt about that. Uh, that's exciting, though. It really is. I mean, it has to be a tremendous opportunity for you, and, and it certainly keeps you involved, needless to say, in the game of football, which you've had a big part of, you know, not only at Independence Community College, but prior to that at Garden City Community College as an associate athletic trainer. Yeah, so it's it's been different just because, uh, the LFL season isn't during, you know, our quote unquote typical football season. So now that that's getting kicked off and college football's back and those things, there are parts of it that I'm really missing, um, not being on that sideline per se, but I'm getting to go watch and be a spectator. So it's fun. And as far as injuries go, are we talking like full blown injuries to these ladies playing in the LFL? Yes. Um, actually, probably sometimes worse than outdoor football. I don't know what it is. I was having this discussion with some other athletic trainers. Um, indoor football just seems to kind of bring out some gruesome injuries sometimes. I've seen just about everything. What's the worst injury that you've seen? Talking about the LFL. This year had been uh, a dislocated ankle. Ah, that's got to be bad in itself, needless to say. Super painful, obviously, yeah. and probably debilitates the player for the entire season. Yes, and it was very 
traumatic for those that saw it. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it was, no doubt. Yeah. Now, talking about back to the junior college side of it, when you were associate athletic trainer at Garden City and then head athletic trainer at Independence Community College, worst injury that you've witnessed personally? Ooh, um, we had two kids break their neck on a hit in practice one day. Oh, wow. So, yeah. And, you know, that obviously you have to be intense. super careful, you know, with them not moving them, stabilizing them. Yeah. Uh, well, one of them got up and walked around for a little bit um, and just kind of complained. And so his, we didn't know until um, two days later, but the other kid was showing signs like immediately. So we had spine boarded him, but there, but it was a just compression fracture for both of them. So no prestige or anything long-term in that regard, but definitely a pretty intense day. So you're having things happen, obviously, on the spur of the moment, right before you, during the heat of the battle, so to speak, during games and so forth, practice, whatever it is. You have to mm -hmm. keep a clear mind. You have to be decisive in how you react and what you do, because what you do has a huge bearing on the health and well-being of these athletes. Yeah, the kids used to like always say, why don't you run to somebody? I'm like, because if I run and I, you know, elevate my level of everything and can't stay calm, then how the heck are you supposed to? Like, you're looking <laughs> at me for guidance. Like, I, so most of the time, if I can see it now, if it's something like, there's times I know that it's that bad and I'm sprinting there, like, no doubt about that. But you know, most of the time I'm getting there calmly one because it does me no good to be out of breath and not be able to know what the heck is going on. You know, if I'm like sprinting over there. Um, but a lot of times it's more to like keep that calm mind to keep that composure because I mean, as an athletic trainer, what you're seeing on the outside isn't always how it feels on the inside as far as the oh shit, if I can say that. You can say that. Oh shit moment. That's what it feels like sometimes. So are you talking to yourself mentally on that walk out to whatever the situation is on the field and just getting, not necessarily getting yourself psyched up, but talking yourself into the mind frame you need to be in? Um, More just like, scoping it out like figuring out as much as information as I can get hopefully I saw the play um you know in the at the junior college setting there's only two certified athletic trainers and there's 83 kids on the roster during a game you know and more during practice so you hope that you saw what happened so you can have some idea um but you're looking to see what they're grabbing are they moving like all of those things are what I'm observing to see what information I can get before I get there we're talking to Rachel Martin. You know her from seasons three and four of Netflix, Last Chance You. You can follow her on Twitter at Miss Rachel. That's M-S-R-A-E-C-H-A-L. And Rachel, I know you have other ventures that you're doing right now uh, in your career. There's a couple of them, in fact, in addition to what you're doing for the Legends Football League. Can you share with us some of the other things you're doing? Because obviously the LFL has an off season and you're certainly actively involved doing other things. Yeah. So like I said, I'll be done um, with my massage therapy um, license and course and all of that coming up here in October. So then um, from there, I'll uh, 
be into my own practice. I've been working with some athletes already currently and will continue to keep growing my business one-on-one with treatments and such. And I've been working with a a device called Electrons Plus. It's a um, guided pulsed electromagnetic field therapy unit. So that's a mouthful. Uh, Most people... Most people know, have heard of it uh, referred to as PEMF, and the uniqueness about the technology and the Electrons Plus with what I use is that it's guided, and so I guide it into the body for my patients or my and my clients. And so I've been doing that and will continue to grow that. I have um, a lot of fun things coming in that regard. And then with that, I've been able to use it and... Um, work in Austin at Dynamic Sports Medicine and help them uh, with their patients as far as a movement specialist. So kind of getting to do the same things that I was doing in the athletic training room as far as getting people moving again, um, working with um, all kinds of different injuries, all kinds of different um, walks of life, and kind of um, being in one location for uh, people that want to work with me in that regard as well. Um, and kind of get like a full rounded um, sports medicine type thing. Yeah, that becomes full circle, basically, Uh, you Mm -hmm. know, which is really impressive. That's well thought out, and I'm sure that's been your intent. Now, talking about the PEMF, that's pulsed electromagnetic field, correct? Yeah, yeah. Okay. You got it. (laughs) So, (laughs) well, that's my big words for the day, quite honestly. But um, share with us, really, what are the benefits of that particular treatment for for your athletes? So many benefits. It's got some weird FDA uh, approvals. So it's approved for bone healing, um, bone healing, anxiety, and depression. But then it also, helps with increasing um, range of motion, decreasing inflammation, basically can help any cell in the body. So if you think of your body as a battery, we all need charged up, right? Like we're all depleting as we're aging, things aren't working as well. And this is kind of like the charge that our body needs for everything to work properly is kind of the best way to explain it. So it virtually can regenerate the cells then? Is that what it's doing? Um Think of it more like instead of regenerating them, it's giving them um, the fuel that the, that it needs to work. So if you remember back to uh, biology, the mitochondria in the cell, that's the powerhouse. It's giving that power plant or that powerhouse the fuel and the energy it needs to do its job. Interesting. Very yeah. much so. Wow, that's fantastic. What uh, yeah. What they can do nowadays in the world yeah. of science, that's just unbelievable. Okay, so so. uh, let me ask you this, and I don't mean to interrupt you, but in the same train of thought, people that are listening to this and and they're Mm -hmm. having interest in what you're doing uh, of one or all of the three things you're involved in, what type of education are they looking at that they're going to have to have to be able to move in these type of fields? Um, Well, I would say to be an athletic trainer, you need an athletic training degree and then Uh, There's a certification test that goes along with that. Now, as far as working with uh, Electrons Plus, um, there's all kinds of different walks of healthcare professionals that are utilizing this this treatment and this therapy. So whatever interests you as far as your walk of life in that regard. Um, So it kind of depends on what what realm you're wanting to work in. I'm kind of um, broadening my horizons, if you will. 
um, from what I was currently doing or previously doing. And so overall though, like I have ended up getting two bachelors from Wichita state and a master's at Lindenwood university. And, um, those are in exercise science and athletic training for my bachelor's and then human performance for my master's. So a lot of education and understanding anatomy um, is obviously going to be super important in that. And I would say that athletic training is going into a master's program in 2020. So um, the good thing about that is it gives people a chance to kind of explore what it is and make sure that athletic training is for them because it does come with a lot of demands as far as a career goes and a lot of time commitment, um, including the time commitments to get the degree. So chance to know that this is really what they want to do. Cause my first year at Wichita state, we started with 22 kids and two of us graduated in four years later. Wow. Yeah. Cause it's just not for everyone. And people realize that. When you first got into it, as far as the athletic training part of it, I mean, was it something that you pretty much knew from the start that this is what you wanted to do and it was a definitely of huge interest to you? I just knew that it's what I was doing. Um, I started back in high school working with sports um, then. And back then we didn't have an athletic trainer at my high school. So I would go to my local college, Southwestern College in Winfield, Kansas, which is where I'm from. And I would learn from the students and um, athletic trainers and the athletic training program there. And I would go ask questions about things that I had seen with, you know, my classmates and athletes at the high school. And I got involved that way and just knew that it's something I wanted to do. Like my senior year, we had this health science class and we had to do rotations at the hospital. And I convinced my teacher to let me do one of my rotations like in the athletic training room. So I got to sit in an upper level class for four weeks of the semester, um, getting to kind of learn those things. So I just kind of always taken it upon myself to, I just, that's what I was going to do an easy fit. And then I took me a little while to get through school, but, um, I did and changed schools. Um, but I had originally started at K-State and ended up at Wichita State. So, um, yeah. That's impressive. Yeah, Yeah, that is. That really is because it always astounds me to listen to different people talk about their different steps in their path, going toward their careers, whatever it may be. And uh, it's interesting to know that you pretty much, from what I understand, listening to you, you pretty much just took the bull by the horns and went ahead and instigated things in your favor, getting a hold of your teacher, asking questions, being able to sit in on an upper level class and stuff. And that really, to me, you know, that's that's being proactive and, and getting involved in things on your end of it. And some students, unfortunately, either being too shy or just not really sure of themselves and their abilities, they're going to sit back and they're not going to go out and reach for it and grab it. And, and it sounds to me like that's really what you need to do. Yeah. And like looking back in the moment, like I wasn't thinking about that. It just was like what I was doing. But, you know, if there is like if you ask me, like, what's one piece of advice you would give to students? Like, that would be it. Like, go make it happen for yourself. Ask questions. Like if somebody were to approach me and really want to learn or, you know, I'd be more than happy to take the time if they were putting in the effort. It's that I've seen in, you know, my previous employment and and just being around college students that like, they, for whatever reason, like you said, are either scared to try or just don't know, like, just go ask questions and be curious. And that will alone will lead you very far. 
So what would you consider would be the favorite part about doing your new career jobs? What is the things, and I know they're all different, and you may have different answers for all three of them, but if you want to go in and address each one individually, that's fine. Or if there is something that ties them all together and really is the passion for what you really enjoy the most. I would say with the LFL, it keeps me involved in like the game side of like getting to be, you know, in that atmosphere. Like, I don't think I could ever leave that fully. Being on the sidelines somewhere is just ingrained in me. But the other parts of my job, getting to work with my clients and my athletes that I work with one-on-one and then in the clinic setting, um, that is something that I didn't get the opportunity to do just because there were, like I said, there was two certified athletic trainers and a lot of student athletes. Because remember, just, you know, I was highlighted on with one sport on last chance you, but I worked with several more than that. And I didn't get that time to be one-on-one with each one of them. Like I would have wanted to be, to give them more care than what I could give them. And so getting to have that time would be the other part of it. That makes sense. Definitely does. Mm -hmm. We're talking to Rachel Martin. You remember her, as I'm sure, from Seasons 3 and 4 of Netflix, Last Chance You. She's my special guest here today. You can also follow her on Twitter at Miss Rachel. That's M-S-R-A-E-C-H-A-L. We're going to take a real short break. When we come back, we'll have some more of our interview with Rachel Martin. And welcome back. We're talking with Rachel Martin. You know her from seasons three and four of Netflix, Last Chance You. You can follow her on Twitter and Instagram at Miss Rachel. That's M-S-R-A-E-C-H-A-L. Rachel, we've talked about what you're currently doing in your new career path after Last Chance You, but let's turn the clock back a little bit and revisit some of the times of Last Chance You. Uh, and we're even going to go back even a little further than that. You were associate athletic trainer at Garden City Community College. Yes. In your opinion, how was the atmosphere that surrounded Coach Sims and Coach Jason Brown when both of them were at that school? Well, early on when they first got there, I, um, you know, like I just had said earlier, being um, at the junior college level, there's not as many athletic trainers. And so when they got there was in like January of the season that they came, I can't remember what year that was, but they were busy getting things started for their program. And I was in the middle of basketball season. So it wasn't until a little later. Um, and spring football is always different because you're trying to get to know a new staff and trying to get to know everybody. So I didn't really notice anything in particular, I guess. I was still like, you know, I think we we're feeling everybody out. And then, you know, as we all know, then Coach Brown ended up leaving uh, Garden City eight days before our first game at Garden City. So that was um, obviously there was some sort of disagreement, but I, I there was nothing I witnessed obvious 
before that. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> well, and you can't be everywhere at once. And, and right. I realize that. That's hard to do when you're trying to service all of the athletes in, in the yeah. different sports. And, you know, you just can't be everywhere. And um, right. now when Coach Brown took over the head coaching job at Independence, you decided mm-hmm. to make the move to ICC right after that. A you, couple months. Was it? Was after. it two months after? Okay. Yeah. So two months after Coach Brown came to Independence, you made the move as well. Can you share with us how your experience was at Independence Community College as the head athletic trainer? Yeah, so I when he got the job at Independence, I mean, I saw that he had it. He had taken a couple of the coaches that were at Garden City over there with him, and I actually had no thought in my mind that like, oh, I'm going there too, you know? So a couple months down the road, um, they had reached out to me because their head athletic trainer was leaving. And I just knew that it was going to be a good opportunity for me to kind of move up in my career and kind of get to do different things that I was doing as far as, you know, budgets and taking over and ordering supplies and all of the other things that, um, a nerd like me <laughs> enjoys <laughs> um, on top of just, you know, taking care of the athletes. So I would say overall, my time at independence was uh, very positive, um, one filled with a lot of growth um, personally and professionally and um, a lot of lessons. Now, in 2016, Jason Brown made his first move to independence. Um mm-hmm. But in 2017 is actually when the Last Chance U cameras came to Independence Community College. That was season three of Last Chance U. The Dream U Pirates hosted Garden City, your former school that you were at, and then Mm -hmm. the former school for Jason Brown for a short period of time. Garden City was the defending national champions at that time. They had won like 14 straight games coming into that game against Independence. The yeah. Pirates knocked off Garden City in dramatic it's fashion. Yeah, in that game. So for you, down on the sidelines, what was going through your mind and what was the emotions that were running through you at that time? Oh, it was an amazing feeling. Your Pirates have shocked the national champions of last year, Garden City, here at Emmett Field, 27-23. So a little history about the whole matchup and my uh, experience. So Coach Sims' first year at Garden City, I worked, uh, was still there. And we came to Independence, which for those that are not familiar with that drive, it's like a six and a half hour drive (laughs) from Garden City to Independence. And we lost at the end of the game. Uh, We were winning. And then Bryce Gimmel ran back a touchdown on us. And so it was a long drive home. <laughs> so then the, the next year, I am now, like you said, 2016 at Independence. And we go out to Garden City and we lost. So, And that was the year that they won the national championship. And you have to remember a lot of those kids that were on that team were kids that had just been my previous athletes that I had helped rehab their injuries and got them back to, you know, to playing. And so it was like, ah, dang. So then by the time they came to Independence in 2017, I was just happy to be on the winning side of that matchup. Very, very happy. 
<laughs> yeah, that was an emotional win. There's no question yeah. about that. And of course, having it happen in front of the last chance you cameras, I think, was even more special for the mm-hmm. Pirates and the Pirate Nation fans and everything. But it was certainly a dramatic win, no doubt about it. <laughs> so if we turn the calendar ahead to 2018, that's season four of Last Chance You. Uh huh. Garden City once again came to Independence to play the they Pirates. Did. Mm-hmm. which is kind of odd. Usually it's a home and away thing back and forth. But the way the schedule gods figured it out, Garden City came to Indy for two years in a row. 2018, there was a bench-clearing altercation that broke out after the game. Mm-hmm. The teams are supposed to be shaking hands, I believe. <laughs> well, that was the furthest thing that happened from what I could tell up in the press box. But you're down on the yeah. field, okay? Yeah. So from what you witnessed down on the field, was the altercation or the melee or whatever you want to call it as bad as the hype turned out to be that was on social media? Well, I wouldn't call it an altercation because I didn't see any, I never saw anything get physical. But you have to keep in mind, like when the game's over, I'm trying to get everything cleaned up so I can go take care of everyone. So at first, I was unaware that anything was happening. So I have my back and then I just hear all this chitter chatter behind me and then obviously gets elevated and, you know, people are holding each other back and. I just remember going to get my students back, <laughs> which I have a uh, film of forever now. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, you made a iconic sure. statement at that time, quite honestly, that really, I think, has been replayed over and over on Twitter yeah. multiple times for thousands of people. So what is it that mm-hmm. you said to those kids, by the way? I, was, I wasn't I was losing my job for them acting stupid. There was no reason to be involved in that. And I was trying to get stuff <laughs> cleaned up. I was not trying to stay there any longer than I needed to. We had stuff to do. <laughs> Well, regardless, it, it was certainly a big part of Last Chance You season four. The, the you know the uh, scuffle, if you will, between the mm-hmm. pirates and the the busters of Garden City, and uh, you know the rest is history, naturally. But when the Last Chance You cameras came to Indy, did you feel that anything had changed? you know, as far as for the players and the football team in general? And, you know, did it make any difference to you personally when the cameras came there on the campus of ICC? Um, For me, no. Um, It's something that, like, I had no control over it as far as the decision-making. And I firmly believe in control what you can control. So I, it's just adapting and accepting. Like, there's no reason to walk around being bitter because they're there. Like, they're going to be there regardless. So I embraced it as far as that goes um, for me. I would say the first season, everything was kind of already established before the cameras got there, you know, or the kids knew. So there was none of the, oh, they're on last chance you, we want to come here. And I think Coach Brown's kind of, you know, mentioned that before, too. It was a lot different that second year with kids just, like, showing up and wanting to be a part of it because of the cameras. So I think it was just a little harder the second year to kind of weed that out. 
We're talking to Rachel Martin. She is the former head athletic trainer of Independence Community College. You, of course, remember her on seasons three and four of Last Chance You, shown on Netflix all over the world. She's one of the fan favorites of the show. Rachel, after being a part of the historic season in 2017, which all fans know, Independence, an amazing year. Uh, They won their first bowl game ever in school history, their first conference title in 30 years. Uh, Coach Brown was the Jayhawk Conference Coach of the Year. Uh, So certainly everything fell into place. The Pirates ended up ranked number five in the country at the end of the year. What do you think was the downfall from 2017 to 2018 for the Pirates? Um, Getting away from the little things. Um, I think that some of that got overlooked in the 2018 season. And if you look at at the season and the games that we lost, there's only one game that stands out to me where it was like really lopsided. The rest were super close games. Just those little things that uh, weren't happening are, I think, what cost us those games. Well, you know, and I can remember Coach Brown, JB, saying pretty much the same thing to me. Mm-hmm. You know, he says the little things make up the big picture. And yeah. if you don't take mm-hmm. care of attention to detail on the little things, you're not going to be ready to play come game time. Mm-hmm. And I I agree with you. I think that was one of the things really that cost the Pirates dearly. And you Mm -hmm. don't think about the little things necessarily when all the talk on campus is going into the 2018 season that, you know, we're going to play for the Natty. We've had this great season the year before in, in 2017. You know, basically the table is set for us. The national championship's going to be played an hour away from our campus in Pittsburgh State University. So it seemed like everything was lined up for the Pirates for 2018. Mm -hmm. And would you agree with that? Yeah. And we have the, we have the talent. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I agree. I think the talent was there. It just, you know, for whatever the reason, again, the attention to detail was not consistent. uh, And I think that was really a crucial thing that cost the Pirates and, you know, we had a lot of injuries, but injuries, as you know, certainly are part of the game. That's going to happen. You can't control that. The little things made up the difference in the big picture. I agree totally. As far as being at Independence Community College, and I know you have a lot of memories, but what were some of your best memories that you had during your time at ICC? Um, I would say not even just with football, but with all of the sports, like getting to travel with them and spending time with them. You know, when you're traveling, you're obviously eating together um, in close quarters for extended periods of time and just kind of getting to know the athletes and spending time with them outside of the sport. Overall, that would probably be my favorite and most missed part of being there um, is that time with all of them. And I think that's one of the things for me personally that really keeps me involved in doing the broadcasting as the voice of the Pirates is I get to know these kids as well. Not nearly as well as you do being with them uh, day in and day out, but being able to travel with them and talk to them and understand them as a person and who they really are. And and a lot Mm -hmm. of folks, of course, don't have that opportunity. The folks that go to the game, they see a person with a number on their back playing football or basketball or baseball, softball, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And that's who they associate that player with because that's Mm -hmm. all they know. But the advantage of being behind the scenes, such as you and I have had the benefit of, 
um, that's what makes it special to me as well. And uh, yeah. I wouldn't trade that for anything. Now, when you were at ICC, is there one particular player that you would say would have been one of your favorites? And I know I'm throwing you on the spot right now with that question, but um, I just wondered if there was somebody or maybe even a couple, three people that really stood out to you that you'll certainly remember for the rest of your life. Oh, there's several that I'll definitely remember for long times. Um, I was referred to as TT Rachel, as Mama Rachel, as Miss Rachel, uh, many different names. I kind of um, felt like a mama bear a lot of the time, and uh, moms don't have favorites, so <laughs> there's not one person that I could say like, oh, that's my favorite. Um, but there are several that, um, being that their injuries made them uh, be in the athletic training room quite a bit. Uh, obviously, going from time of injury to return to play you get to know somebody pretty well and there's days there's they're down and you need to help uh, motivate them and there's days that they're up and they motivate you so going to miss a lot of them definitely stay in touch with a lot of them but no there's not one that is um, my overall favorite well you are so busy with the three different things that you're involved in now um, after independence community college and and last chance you and what do you do for your relaxation, for things you enjoy, stuff that appeals to Rachel? And because getting away from the hustle and bustle of all these different activities you're involved in throughout the year, what do you look forward to? Um, I travel for um, peace sometimes just to kind of go somewhere different. Um, that's something that I really enjoy. And then um, I also. Um, you know, just being at home and uh, spending time here, not doing anything <laughs> also is equally just uh, downtime. Um, there's a trail behind my house. That's one of the perks of where I live in Austin. And so just kind of being out in nature is another thing that, that I like to do for some downtime. Oh, I think that's worth its weight in gold. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, a lot of times just not doing anything as far as around other people can be, you know, very therapeutic as well. And it's certainly great for the mind and the body, I think. And some folks may say, well, you know, I don't know why they, you know, aren't coming out. I don't see you out all the time. And, you know, where have you been? And, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, you know, sometimes it's just nice to be where I'm at and, you know, yep. be in my own little world, if you will. So I understand that entirely. And in closing, Rachel, and I certainly appreciate your time. You know, it's been great talking to you again. But is there anything that you would change in your career and what you've done in the past and what you're doing now going forward? Anything that you would alter if you had the opportunity to do it all over again? Mm, Not at all. Not at all. All of the struggles of having a very limited budget and not having a lot um, of resources have made me very creative, very um, resourceful and um, efficient in a lot of things that I do. And I think that's pushed and uh, made me grow as the person that I am today. And I would not want to change any of that because that's what makes me. We're talking to Rachel Martin. 
You know her from seasons three and four of Last Chance You, one of the fan favorites of Netflix all over the world. You can follow her on Twitter and Instagram at Miss Rachel. That's M-S-R-A-E-C-H-A-L. Rachel, thank you so much for spending time with me and being on the show. I wish you nothing but the very best in everything you do in the future. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. This has been a presentation of JC Radio Sports.